Temple Bar is probably one of the most well-known areas of Dublin. But do you know where it is? Or why it's called Temple Bar? You're going to learn all that and more today as we prepare for Temple Bar Tradfest in January. again for joining me on the Traveling in Ireland podcast. Now today's podcast is pretty special because I'm going to Dublin in January for a specific event. So before we begin, I want to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by Temple Bar Tradfest, which is Ireland's largest festival of music in some of Dublin's most historic places. And you can find all the information on it at tradfest.ie. And today I have Martin Hart, who is the CEO of the Temple Bar Company, joining me. We're going to talk about Temple Bar and Tradfest and why you might want to go to Dublin in January. So Martin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me because I know you're really busy right now. That's that's correct. Well, look, Jody, it's a great pleasure to get to speak to you and to be on your wonderful podcast after all of these uh, after all of this time. So it's a great pleasure. We're delighted to be speaking to you here all the way from Ireland, Dublin, Ireland today. And um, so, yeah, look, it's great to be to be talking to you. Um, and I suppose just to put it into to, to context, I'm I'm assuming people might not be or folks might not be that familiar with Temple Bar, so I might give you a little bit of a background on on the area and, and, and where it is and to, to, to help put it in context if that's if you think that'll be helpful that would be perfect because i know a lot of people when they think of dublin they know that there's an you know temple bar but is it an area is it a place um what exactly is it and why so i think that's a okay. big question that a lot of people have well, okay. Well, D- D- Dublin City is not a very big city by your American standards. It's a very historic city. It's a very old city. And it's a very small city. So compared to cities you may find across the U.S., Dublin City is a very walkable city. It's a very small city. You can walk from one part to the other very, very quickly. Uh, Temple Bar is right in the center of Dublin City. So it's the center of the city. So you have to walk through or around or past Temple Bar to go anywhere within Dublin City. So Temple Bar is, I suppose to put it in American parlance, it's it's the downtown is, uh, district of Dublin City. It's where the original city started, so right in the centre. So it's a very old area. Uh, it's an area that has been around since Viking times. We've had habitation in Temple Bar going right back to, to the time of the Viking invasions, which you're, you're talking about well over a thousand uh, years ago. Um, so where, where, where people first started to settle here, because it's, it's, it's beside the River Liffey. And I think that that's how it gets its name. So there's qu- quite often a little bit of confusion as to how Temple Bar gets gets its name. Is Temple Bar a pub? Well, there is a pub called Temple Bar and it happens to be in Temple Bar, which might just add to the confusion. But uh, Temple Bar isn't named after 
bars or pub or pubs. Uh, a bar um, is an old English and Irish word which describes a, 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 an amount of sand or land beside water. So Temple Bar is located right beside the River Liffey. And so it was a piece of land that was beside the Liffey. It became the house and gardens of a guy called Sir William Temple. Now, Sir William Temple uh, was the provost or the boss of Trinity College. I'm sure you may have heard of Trinity College. It's one of the oldest uh, universities in in the world, I suppose, and, and, and certainly one of the oldest in Ireland. And it's located right beside the Temple Bar, so really, literally, adjacent to Temple Bar. It's a couple of yards away. Um, so William Temple, who was the provost of Trinity College, had his house and his gardens in this area. So it became known as Temple's Bar. So it was his area. Uh, over, over I, I suppose, over the years, that area became developed because it was right beside the River Liffey. Uh, it became a space where industry sprung up. It became a place where industry and commerce sprung up. Uh, so the customs house was located here. So this became a customs point because we were beside the Liffey. Um, and we have such great name streets as Fleet Street and so on, which surround the, the, the River Liffey because that's where the fleet used to, to park. So Temple Bar is literally beside the River Liffey in the city centre. It, uh, it's a very, very old and ancient part of the city. And it's a very, very interesting part of of Dublin City. And today, if you walk around Temple Bar, it's it's it is as largely as it was in the 17th or 18th century, even earlier. It has a medieval street pattern to it. So it's it's uh, if you ever see some of those Dickensian novels like A Christmas Carol or something, it's narrow cobbled streets and high buildings with pitched roofs. It's 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 literally straight out of a out of a 17th or 18th century novel. Um, but Temple Bar wasn't always as it is today. Um, in the 1950s and the 1960s, the centre of the city started to decline, which is a, a thing that has happened in many cities, both in Europe and in America, whereby the, in the old industry that would have been located in the city centre areas, warehouses and so on, fell into disrepair. Um, and rather than being renovated and rebuilt into new, into new buildings, industry moved out and it moved out into other parts of the city and people moved out and away from Temple Bar. So between the 1940s and the 1980s, Temple Bar actually became uh, something of a, 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 a derelict or dilapidated part of Dublin City. It didn't have a, a population of people living in it. The buildings were in disrepair. Many of them were very, very old, so uh, they, they weren't in good condition. Um, the Transport Agency for Ireland started to buy all the property up in Temple Bar because they decided what they were going to do was they were going to demolish the entire area. Such was thinking back in the 1980s. Uh, and they were going to build a giant bus station. Hard to believe, but that's what the planners felt in the 1970s and the 1980s, that the future transport was going to be the bus. And so they decided to, to, to buy up all of this old property in Temple Bar and demolish it. But as so often happens in, in these uh, development stories, uh, the area started to attract artisans, and potters, musicians, and other artists because the, they, were, they were attracted by the very low rents that the Transport Authority was uh, issuing uh, uh, leases for. So you ended up with a, with a load of artists within the area. And what they did was they, they, they came together and said, 
hold on, you're not knocking these buildings. We're, we're not going to build a bus station here. Let's take it back. So they started to lobby the government and the local government, and eventually they got funding. And Temple Bar was redeveloped in the late 80s and, and early 90s. So it was essentially saved from a fate uh, of, of demolition, which I think is, is, is a great thing, and it's it's a brilliant addition to the city. So if, if you visit Temple Bar today, it has been saved and been restored to, to what it would have been uh, all those many years ago. So you're going to get a really authentic, interesting um, tour of 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 Dublin and, and, and a good understanding of what it was like in the 17 and 1800s by, by visiting Temple Bar. But Temple Bar is also unusual in that it has some very interesting contemporary architecture that was built in the in the in the 90s and the noughties by renowned Irish uh, architects. So it, it blends the historic and the contemporary all in one kind of interesting fabric. So that. Just by way of background, I suppose, but it helps you locate or it helps you visualize perhaps uh, what Temple Bar is in one's mind, or at least I hope it does. So it covers an area of about 28 acres, so it's it's not huge. Uh, we have a, a residential population of about 2,000 people, um, but we get a footfall of about 22 million people a year through it, so it's quite busy. Uh, for a a small uh, part of or a historic part of of Dublin um, city centre, but it is as I say very very interesting. So we have, in terms of different type of I suppose buildings and cultural facilities and historical uh, buildings that people might not be aware of because I know it's a it's part of your podcast to to talk about spaces and places that maybe people aren't necessarily as familiar with. It's kind of the insider's view or uh, to or the inf- the insider's guide to 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 Temple Bar. And I suppose I can, I can, I can give you. I, I'm lucky enough to be able to share that with your listeners. And some people might go in and read guidebooks and get a certain view, but you're going to get the inside scoop on, on what's different and what's unique about Temple Bar. If, if you want me to share that with your, with your listeners, I, I certainly will. And I think one of the first things or one of the, the, the more interesting historical buildings that are located in Temple Bar is the uh, Parliament House on College Green. Now, this is a venue we actually use as part of Tradfest. It was built in 1729 and it was the first purpose-built parliament building in the world um, as far as I'm aware. And it, uh, it still stands and the original House of Lords so people always reference or associate the House of Lords with London and of course there is a House of Lords in London but because we were governed by the British and had a parliament here, uh, there was also a House of Lords in Ireland. So the original House of Lords still stands. Um, and this is an amazing uh, building. It is as it was uh, from about 1790. Um, it literally hasn't changed. And within that space, we hold uh, performances each Tradfest. We can only take, I think, about 100 people. It's a very, very ancient space. Uh, but it's 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 a space that uh, people may not uh, be familiar with. Um, so I think it's something that uh, we're very happy to have and very proud of. But it's not necessarily a um, a space that uh, 
people uh, n- normally are familiar with. So that's right. that's one thing uh, that I would suggest is worth looking at is the House of Lords on College Green. Excellent. And that's, here in Temple Bar. <laughs> and, and that's such an amazing building because, it, like you said, people don't normally think about that that building when they're visiting Temple Bar. When people have this idea of visiting Temple Bar, they think of the, you know, the cobbled streets and the vibrant nightlife and the pretty pubs with the flower boxes outside, like the, the palace bar I know is, is always picture perfect on the exterior. So to think about these old buildings that you have that you're going to be utilizing is really an interesting, an interesting concept for any kind of gathering, but especially for a music festival. Now, Temple Bar Tradfest is managed by the Temple Bar Company, which I know is a not-for-profit organization to promote the Temple Bar area. How did that kind of come about after the government decided that they were going to save this area, which obviously would have completely changed how Dublin appears had, had all of that been raised for a bus station? The Temple Bar Company, we're, we're a non-profit collective of businesses and cultural centres, but also uh, facilities, companies such as telecommunications companies who are located within this geographical area. So many years ago, they came together. I, I brought them together um, and we, we set up this non-profit company. And the idea being um, to promote the area. Uh, which was after been, uh, I suppose, saved from from demolition, and to manage it and and to run and promote cultural events within the area. So we, our company is we're a non-profit company. The business is within the area. They pay uh, an annual amount into a fund, and that fund is used to clean the streets and to promote the area, to um, and and to run cultural events in it. So we're probably a little unusual in that regard and that's while I think that's a concept that works in certain parts of I know the east coast of America in terms of business improvement districts it's not such a big idea in Ireland so we're probably a little unusual and a little unique in that regard so the company um, when it's set up one of the key policies was to promote uh, traditional music uh, within Dublin um, traditional and folk music because quite often many festivals of traditional music are, are just that they're just traditional music which is which is great but but tradfest takes in folk music and folk is a broader genre as you know and it enables you to bring in you know different musical styles and artists uh, from throughout ireland and all over the world so that's something that they felt passionate about and they wanted uh, to promote and that that's something that we've been we've been doing ever since uh, 2005 now the festival itself has changed hugely uh, over the years. Um, it, it used to be just in the Bank of Ireland building there that I just mentioned, which, by the way, was uh, copied as a model for the U.S. Capitol building. So there's a fact that not a lot of people know. The actual model of the building was copied for the Capitol uh, building in the States. Um, but uh, it started there, and then we moved into other venues. So now we have a really rich and interesting, so I mentioned and spoke probably at length about the House of Lords, but we have St. Werberg's Church, which is uh, just adjacent to Temple Bar. It's, of course, where Jonathan Swift, who is the author of Gulliver's Travels, I'm not sure if people in America are as familiar with Gulliver's Travels. I, I think Jack Black did a movie many, many years ago on it. Um, he, he was uh, he was baptized in that church, which is a, a really an amazing uh, structure from, again, the 1800s or the 1700s. Uh, it's just located just to uh, just adjacent Temple Bar here 
all the way up to St. Patrick's Cathedral, which of course is well over a thousand years old and is the National Cathedral of Ireland, um, over to St. Michael's Church, which of course is where Bram Stoker got his inspiration for Dracula. Bram Stoker, of course, uh, being the author of Dracula and who lived in Clontarf, which is really about a mile or two miles from Temple Bar. So as you can see, it's surrounded by stories and yeah, um, uh, yeah, stories and I suppose coming up to Halloween, it's probably, it's probably good <laughs> to think about those, uh, particularly when it comes to St. Mike and so yeah, and, and, and a rich and historical uh, fabric. This area hasn't changed much since the 1700s, so you're going to this festival compared to other festivals, it's, it's, it's very, very, very different. As I said. The, the music happens within church venues, but we also have music happening within uh, the many pubs in the area around Temple Bar, so the likes of the Dubliners and the Furies and those folk groups who people might be familiar with, they will be performing in, the, in, in, in and around the pubs of Temple Bar. But then other artists, the likes of the wonderful Judy Collins and Martha Wainwright and other, other Irish international acts have performed and, and will perform in the various churches uh, around the area, which just it makes it a little different uh, because if you're into your music, you're you're going to be able to appreciate it and listen to it in a venue. And if you think about what a church was, if you take away the spiritual, as a building, churches were built for people to listen right. to what happened within them. Uh, you know, that's what you did. You you went and you, you listened to the sermons or you listened to what the what was happening within these churches. So they're really purpose-built for musical performance. If you're a person who likes your music, you're going into a venue that was purpose-built for listening. So there's no bars, there's no distraction. It's You'll get an, an amazing experience, actually, as, as, as part of the, the concert. And I really look forward to you coming over in January. While these are just words on a page to you at this point, you're going to really experience the, the, these, these notes. You know, they're, they're, they're alive and they will reverberate throughout these amazing buildings and it and it is an experience it's not an event it's an experience um it really is and you know i think that when i first learned about temple bar trad fest a few years ago the thing that really struck me was the venues because like you said you have concerts taking place in these amazing historic churches and the the parliament house and places like that which are places that you don't normally think of having traditional music concerts but it's just the the idea of this music echoing off the walls i think really took hold in my imagination so just to back up a tiny bit how did tradfest really come to be what what brought the idea on and why in january well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the Temple Bar Company is a collection of cultural but commercial organizations, so many hotels, restaurants, bars, and so on. Um, and the reason January was chosen was because it was a, a quiet uh, month. There was, there was nothing happening, and, and people wanted to generate some activity. They felt that there were lots of festivals happening throughout the summer months, as you know. Most festivals happen even in the U.S. between June and August. Um, so they wanted to do something where there was no distraction. So that's why January was chosen, which was quite brave when you consider uh, uh, the fact that it is January. However, I would tell your listeners um, that January in Ireland is not like January in certainly right. parts of the 
of the US. Some people might uh, might think it's uh, it's it's a little more tropical here in, in January. We we don't get the extremes, uh, and that's that's tropical with an Irish tea, not and uh, not what you might be used in Florida or somewhere. But it's uh, no, it's uh, it's it's certainly not going to be extreme. So. January was chosen because there was not a lot happening at that time, and they felt that uh, it, it, it would be a, an ideal time to try and grow a music festival, which, of course, was a, a huge challenge because who wants to travel in January? That's what we thought. But actually, that's something that's changed over the years, um, and, and quite a bit. Uh, and I suppose now it, it makes even even more sense the ability to be able to come into Dublin at a time when it's not as busy. I mean, we've all gone to the tourist sites, right, in, in the height of the season. I just came back from New York. Yeah, I was there in August, and I was just overwhelmed by the number of people and not being able to move. And I think a lot of people don't like that about uh, cities, the, the crowdedness and so on. So in January, there really is an opportunity to kind of come in, and it's it's almost like going down through your house at night time. Everything takes on a little... Everything takes on a different kind of a perspective when it's quiet. Right. Um, and in January, Dublin is. And so you get to experience it as it is. So that's a kind of an authentic experience that you don't maybe get at other times of the year. Uh, right. So I think that's an advantage also in terms of the, the accommodation, the flights and so on. It's, it's always a little bit more economical to travel in January. And our weather really isn't yeah. that bad. Uh, I mean... Sometimes there's very little difference between January and June <laughs> in Dublin. And I really mean that. No, no, so. that's, that's a true statement. And I think that people, when they're thinking of traveling in Ireland, don't think of the winter months because I know that where I live in the U.S., any time between December and March, is, it can be absolutely miserable. So I'm looking forward to being in Dublin in January because it will feel like I'm warmer. But um, beyond that, in the darker months in Ireland, you do find maybe some attractions have closed, but you don't run into that in Dublin. Everything is still open and running. Dublin is really a city for all seasons, and visiting when the tourist numbers are lower, it gives you a, a completely different feeling of the city. Absolutely. It, it, you get a, a very different experience. And while the core of our festival is located within Temple Bar, which, of course, as I said at the start, is the historic downtown core of Dublin City, I also said that Dublin City isn't a very big city. Uh, and Tradfest is or has tentacles all over the city. So we're in Rathfarnham Castle, which is about four or five miles outside of Dublin City, which is easy to, it's it's served by light rail and all of that sort of stuff, and it's an easy taxi right away, um, which is in, on, in the foothills of the Dublin Mountains, which is going to give you a completely different experience in Dublin. Uh, we're also in Richmond Barracks, which is the military barracks in, in Shakur, where the uh, the various uh, revolutionaries from 1916 were were housed prior to their trials. Um, um, so that's an, another and very different venue that we we have. So while we have the city centre venues, we're also moving outside of the city. And of course, for people who are travelling into Temple Bar and into Dublin City in January, it's very easy to stay in an adjoining area and visit the city. So you have a lot of choice. That's the point. Dublin is Dublin is very accessible. It's not as big as your American cities and it's very easy to travel, to walk and to move. And it's also a very safe city as well. And it's also a, um, it's also a beautiful city. Of course, I would say that I'm, I'm <laughs> living here, but 
Um, yeah, and I, and I think your listeners will right. would really like to, to to be here. I think they they will have a, a wonderful time, and I really hope that many people come and come to Tampa Bar and come to Dublin City and participate in this. What is essentially an is an experience. It's it's not an event. It's it's an right. it's an experience that you're participating in, and it's custom made for you each year because no experience is the same as the next, and no artist comes back twice so it's it really is a once-off um, so it's definitely one for the bucket list and like you said Dublin is very very walkable I know that I work with a lot of people who think they need to rent their car before they go into Dublin and I always advise them never never drive in Dublin City unless you're forced um, that can don't that- ever <laughs> drive in Dublin City unless you're driving a hard bargain right. uh, that's about about the height of it do, do not drive in Dublin there City there is no need yes. Straight, straight from a Dubliner. Do not drive in Dublin. Exactly. Um, yeah. Very walkable. Everything is accessible. And and great public very transportation. Walkable. Yeah, absolutely. And and taxis are very cheap and inexpensive. Or Uber or uh, My Taxi now is the app mm-hmm. that uh, perhaps your guys might want to download before they come to Ireland. It's similar to your Lyft app, um, but it's specific. It's specific to Ireland. I think it's you may it may be used in other parts of Europe and the UK. Uh, but I, I would advise travelers to, to use the taxi apps to walk um, just uh, you know having the benefit of travel experts like yourself means that a lot of the hard work is taken out of or taken out of the planning so uh, people are very lucky to have you Jody. oh I do I do try now I know that when I was looking at the concert list that I was overwhelmed by the choice I think there were 52 or 53 different concerts happening over the five days and looking at that list I I I was overwhelmed and I did a lot of research to see I looked at a lot of YouTube pages I looked at a lot of websites I listened to a lot of music on Spotify to try to choose my Uh, my concerts. Now, I know that I did choose a few based on where they were at because I definitely wanted one concert in St. Patrick's and I chose one concert at um, Rathfarnham. So I chose based on both music and where they were performing. So like the Palace Bar, I had to go to one in the Palace Bar. So how do you advise people if they're looking at this huge list of options how do you advise people to make choices? Well, that's a very good question. Yes, it's, uh, we, we, we have quite an extensive um, uh, list and variety of artists. But I think the key, of course, is variety. Um, and I think you're very clever in what you've done. And that you, if you're coming over for a couple of days, you select it um, based on getting a selection of venues. And I think that's a very wise choice. I think it's, it's good to see you know what parts do you want to see and that, that in turn will, will probably help or guide you in a particular direction for what concerts but it will be largely dictated by your, your musical taste as well so if you like pure Irish music and that's the instrumental uh, beauty of harp and whistles and pipes and singing um, then City Hall 
which we neglected to mention as one of the many venues here in Temple Bar. Dublin City Hall is, of course, a fantastic Georgian building. It was the original stock exchange, believe it or not, uh, back in 17, probably 90, maybe 1800. Um, and it, it, it was later taken over by, by the city council. It's, of course, where Michael Collins was, was laid, uh, uh, laid out after his assassination in 1920. It's, it's, and it was the home of the first, uh, one of the first parliaments, uh, or first dolls, uh, free, free parliaments in, in 1920, not the, the House of Lords going back to the 1700s. Um, so City Hall is, we program that really with the purest in mind. So if you like recitals, if you like, you know, traditional music that verges in classical, that's going to just, you know, where it's a pure musical experience, I, uh, then City Hall is the venue for you. If you like your music more up-tempo and eclectic, then Dublin Castle is where you're going to get the likes of the the Carlos Nunes, which will bring that fabulous, uh, you know, Spanish Celtic uh, Spanish sound. So it's the Galician pipes, uh, which which brings a very different. Uh, Celtic and Spanish sound and, and, and much more uplifting and lively uh, you know, through to the likes of Danu and the Greenfields of America and Michael McGoldrick and then ending with of course the wonderful Teddy Thompson who's Richard Thompson's son not a lot of people know that and has written uh, scores for a lot of, a lot of different movies uh, I think including Brokeback Mountain I think is one that he, he did some stuff for uh, with Jerry Douglas so that's, that's going to be Americana so as I say if you like it a little bit diverse then choose Dublin Castle. If you like to hear up-and-coming performers, um, both Irish and US, we have some US artists that like to Dory Freeman and so on in here over the course of the festival, then St. Michael's Church is where we normally uh, put up-and-coming. Uh, and this year, of course, we have a, another venue called the Pepper Canister Church, which is up in Merrion Square, which is beside the Merrion Hotel, um, or just across from the Merrion Hotel. And we have uh, a lot of up-and-coming artists, the like Sive and Loa. Uh, so these are people that, you know, they're rising stars in the scene. They're probably a little softer, a little, uh, a little more folk. And then if you like your if you like to take it up and dance and have a drink and have some good fun, then the front row sessions, they're the pubs, they're the, the concerts that happen in the, in the pubs, the likes of Paddy Casey and the Kilkenny's and uh, the Furies and, uh, and so on. They're really high energy, they're fun, they're where people go to meet their friends and where people who, you know, who are really fans of the music go to hear uh, these concerts up, up close and personal. So, that's a rough guide to the styles, I'll put it to you that way. And I suppose it depends on your mood. And if, like you, people decide they want to get a little piece of, of the city, well, then, then choose it geographically. The one thing I can tell you is no matter what concert you choose and what venue, you will not be disappointed. You will not uh, have a bad experience. And that is, if you like trad and you like folk music um, and, and some world music, you're going to love Tradfest. And I can... I can guarantee you that. Oh, and I am so looking forward to it. This has been something that has been on my personal Ireland bucket list for quite a while. But before I let you go, I want to know, when I am venturing through Temple Bar and Dublin, what are three places that you think maybe people miss that they might want to add to their time in the city. Okay, well, that's a 
that's a very tough question um, asking somebody like me who speaks for for Ireland uh, to pick only three things or to, or to limit my talking is, uh, <laughs> is, uh, is, is, is a challenge I, I know that um, okay well I, I, architecturally speaking it's there's a really, really beautiful building on the corner of Parliament Street. So if your folks are here to, to go to Tradfest and they're in City Hall, um, which I hope they will, and they decide to walk down Parliament Street, it's a very short street, it's to the front of City Hall. When you walk down that uh, street, on the left-hand side, there is a really, really beautiful uh, building. Now, it's not open to the public, but it, it, it doesn't need to be open to the public. It's called the Sunlight Chambers. It's really intriguing. It's the corner of Essex Quay and Parliament Street. And it has a whole series of, I can only, I don't know if you call them friezes, or basically artwork has been built onto the facade of the building. It's, it's quite incredible. It's called Sunlight Chambers, and you will look at it, and it's the story of soap making, but it, it, it almost looks like, you know, the stations of a cross that you'd see in a church or something. It, they're illustrated plaster, um, uh, animations on this building but this, this building is about 200 years old maybe a little more maybe 300 years old and it's just stunning I've never seen a building with these rich plaster tapestries on the outside which tells the story I mean you could spend quite a period of time following the building around it's, it's just it's quite beautiful um, and it's so it's called Parliament it's called the Sunlight Chambers on, on Parliament Street so well worth seeing. That's one secret that a lot of people wouldn't be familiar with. Um, you mentioned one several times there, and that's the Palace Bar. And yeah, I know people do, but I, I have to reference that as just as something a little different. This is a pub where the various poets, playwrights, Casey, Kavanagh, uh, met and drank and socialised, and it hasn't changed one tiny bit. Um, so you really are stepping back into, you know, an episode of Peaky Blinders or uh, 18th or 17th, 18th century, 19th century Dublin or London. It's a, it's a Victorian bar. And it's just, if you've never been, it's really just wow. Uh, it's one of the few examples of a, a, an original Victorian bar. This has not been changed in any shape um, or form since it was built. So that's another indoor experience where of course you can you can you can you can have something to, to drink to warm you up which of course you will need <laughs> in January. Um, after that I, I think what people don't normally fully take in in Temple Bar I think some people go down and they look at the likes of Gorgerty's and the Temple Bar pub and all of these pubs and they're beautiful and they're as you say they're they're covered in flowers and they're you know as you would expect an Irish pub to look like um, but they forget to wander up the side streets the likes of Anglesey Street uh, a walk up that street is a walk in time through different architectural styles going back to the 16th century right up to the 20th century in terms of the doorways, in terms of the buildings. So quite a lot of what you can appreciate in Temple Bar is the historic heritage buildings on the street. Just take a time to stand back and take them in. It won't take you long to walk around. It's not a very big area. But just to take in the doorways and the facades of buildings that have witnessed all sorts of historical events from when they were built to, to where they are now. It, it almost gives you a glimpse into the past. It's not in a museum and it's not in, a, in, a, in any sort of a false way. They've been really beautifully restored and maintained in many instances. So all of the streets 
of the main Temple Bar drag are all have wonderful architectural features. So I suppose there are three things I could I could keep going, but it's <laughs> Temple Bar has over three hundred heritage buildings which are listed buildings. So that's a hugely significant number in one small area. So that, that's why I'm saying take in the different styles, look up and you know, people don't often look up and maybe at the at the Exchange Hotel on Parliament Street, which of course was a temperance hotel, that was a hotel built in the nineteen twenties where no alcohol was allowed to uh, be served. Uh, it also was the ho- where the revolutionaries slept before they went in to battle in the 1916 Rising. You can see the first purpose-built military uh, signal building in the world is built in Temple Bar. It's the uh, air exchange on, on Crown Alley. So we have a lot of different things, including including the Irish <laughs> Stock Exchange uh, is based here. You know, and Not a lot of people know that. I, I think that just the advice of venture off that main path is probably the best advice you can give in Dublin because... If you follow the crowds, you're going to see what everybody's read in a guidebook. But if you get off that main street and wander down it, you just never know what you're going to discover. You certainly aren't. And if I can give one more piece of advice um, to your listeners and to your travelers and to yourself, if you haven't already done this when you when you come to Dublin, um, I don't know if you've read James Joyce's Dubliners. Um, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of what Joyce writes can be quite complex. Um, so uh, you know, Ulysses, everyone says they read Ulysses. I don't know if there's a person in Ireland that's I've read Ulysses. Ulysses. I'd say I'd say it's academics in America and other places, uh, but, but Ulysses is, is, is complex. But Dubliners is a collection of short stories by Joyce, and it's really interesting. And the reason I suggest that is if a visitor is coming to Temple Bar and they want to mentally prepare themselves for what it was like in days gone by 100 years ago or 110 years ago, because the buildings are the same, a lot of the stories in Dubliners are actually set in Temple Bar. So and because they're short short stories there's only maybe 10 pages in each one to get the book Dubliners to come in sit down have a coffee in one of the cafes have a whiskey in one of the bars have a glass of wine in one of the cafes I just read a chapter and I think you're not going to get closer to authentic Dublin experience than that so oh my gosh I think that's I think that's my new Dublin goal I'm going to walk around and stop in pubs and read a chapter that's, that's I, I, well, certainly goal. in Temple Bar, uh, that's your new goal, because uh, I think at least three, if not four, of the stories are actually set down here. I mean, parts of Ulysses are also set in Temple Bar. And in fact, there's a Bloom's Hotel uh, named after Leopold Bloom uh, here in the centre of Temple Bar, which interestingly has a hand-painted mural of the story of Ulysses uh, on the facade of the building. So you can't really get away from it. Um, so if you read those stories, you'll have uh, yeah, certainly absorbed part of uh, what Dublin was. And, and as I say, while Temple Bar has changed in some ways, the footprint, the streetscape, the building pattern hasn't. So it is as it was in the 1700s. And I think that's that's really interesting. And another useless fact that you may not be aware of, but I'm, sh- but I'm sure your audience have seen the movie Far and Away. Many years ago when Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman were still married and all the rest of it, um, they starred in the movie Far and Away, which was a kind of a, I think it was a, it was, it was set in Ireland and it was about immigrants going to America and so on. But the whole film set was located, or not the whole, but a large proportion of it was located within Temple Bar because they didn't have to build anything because it it was it, it was probably one of the few authentic parts of the city where you could 
in itself is a film set. And we get a lot of films set down here, um, a lot of historical and period dramas, film companies come in here because it is literally a living set. They close down streets and, and film parts and movies. So there you go. More inside information. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to come back to Dublin. And Martin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today, for filling us in on Temple Bar as it was, as it is, and of course the Temple Bar Trad Fest in January. It's going to be great fun. Not at all, and we look forward to seeing you and your army and legion of fans in Dublin in January for Trad Fest, and you'll all be each and every one of you will be very welcome to come to Dublin, to come to Temple Bar, and to come to Tradfest in January. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Traveling in Ireland podcast. On the next podcast, I'm going to be following up with another Dublin-focused episode featuring some of the Tradfest venues as well as Dublin travel tips. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Questions or comments? Email Jody at IrelandFamilyVacations.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Until next time, Slán Gafol. Mm-hmm.